Hey everyone, welcome back into the BT Powerhouse Podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the host of the podcast as well as manager of BT Powerhouse here to continue our season preview special. We've gotten through uh, probably about half the league at this point and we've reached one of the more intriguing teams in a bit of a transition here and that's the Michigan Wolverines. Juwan Howard coached his first season with the program last year. Overall, a, a pretty successful season, but obviously a lot of carryovers from John Beeline. So the question is, is whether he can keep things going uh, or rolling in Ann Arbor. And to help us break things down, we have Anthony right on. Anthony, how's it going? It's going well, man. You? Good, good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Anthony, if, if you want to just remind people, I know we've had you on as a guest a, a number of times, but um, what you got going on these days and where people can check you out. For sure, man. So uh, I've got everything going on. Um, <laughs> mainly just, you know, you can find me on Twitter. It's Ant Wright. Um, if you don't know me on there, you've probably seen my um little like logo brand thing um hard on my youtube channel right now um been going hard since about april and um videos are getting a lot more traction now and where i break down recruits going to your favorite school so um i enjoy doing that Perfect, man. Well, well, we appreciate you joining us. Um, a lot of insight here on the Wolverines um, and the Big Ten in general. So let's jump right into it. Um, Michigan, as I described briefly, had a pretty successful season under Juwan Howard his first year. They finished 19-12 and 12 overall, 500 in Big Ten play, but do it against an absolutely brutal schedule. They're in solid shape to make the NCAA tournament before everything gets canceled. Um, now transitioning into a new season, which the team is is going to look very different. Where do things sit uh, as far as you see for the program? And how did you view Juwan Howard's performance in year one? Uh, year one's performance, you know, for a coach who's not, never been a head coach before, uh, was pretty solid. And um, uh, there was a there was a stretch there where you know you know they were they were they were playing okay but they were shooting the lights out. And usually when you shoot the lights out, you hide a lot of your flaws. Um, and then there was a stretch where they didn't shoot as well. Then you see them losing by a few possessions. And I think that was the growth that needed to happen this, this past year. Then t- towards the end, they started to learn how to win games without just shooting well. And they, they were finding different ways to win different ways to grind. They, they got better defensively, um, and it was a lot of fun. And now you have this year, you know, losing out on Xavier Simpson and John Teske, um, you, know, you know, losing any type of experience like that with how successful they were at Michigan um, is tough. But I think with Hunter Dickinson coming in as a freshman and being able to play right away, uh, along with Austin Davis giving, you know, between 12 and 15 minutes, and at times Brandon Johns to be more, uh, you know, uh, quick. I think I think down low is going to be okay. Not a lot, not a lot of depth uh, because John Castleton also transferred out, went to I believe Florida. Um, yeah. 
So that's going to be a question mark in terms of, you know, if our guys going to be healthy, what's going to happen if they if there's an injury, what's going to happen if there is foul trouble during the game, uh, what route does Juwan go? That's one thing. Um, then you have Xavier Simpson leave, leaving, and you replace him with uh, Mike Smith, who is a scorer. And he was a scorer on a not very good Columbia team. So you have, you know, someone coming in that's not used to winning, but also taking a lot of shots. Um, he is going to win at Michigan, is one. He's going to win a lot more than he has, is one. Two, he's not going to be able to take those types of shots because of the type of team that's around him. So we have to see how he's going to adjust going from 20 shots per game down to probably 10 or 11 shots per game. When you're surrounded by guys like, you know, you know, Wagner, Livers, um, we'll see about Shondi Brown and his eligibility status. Then you have guys like Eli Brooks um, as well, who, who had a really great year last, last year in terms of his improvement. So, uh, it's going to be interesting seeing how guys plug in for this season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And you, you touched on a, a lot of my my next question. What is just more roster base as far as guys coming in, guys coming out? You hit on Hunter Dickinson, uh, Brown. Um, it, as far as the roster transition, obviously Simpson and Teske are the biggest departures, the ones that are going to turn the heads um, of everyone. In, across the conference, what do you make of the departures? Uh, what do you make of the new guys? Is there anybody that you think, um, I guess, fans are overlooking as far as either departures or new faces? Um, I I don't think anyone's being overlooked. Um, I think you have Hunter Dickinson is going to come in and play right away, in my opinion. Then you have um, a guy like Zeb Jackson, who is uh, who really didn't <laughs> – not to say he didn't play much, but his roles definitely changed from when he was at Maumee and he was the man. Then you go down to Montvert Academy, uh, which is probably one of the most stacked teams in high school basketball history. Um, you have guys like Kate Cunningham and Moses Moody and Caleb Houston. You know, you're talking about, like, top – 40 players, you know, Kate Cunningham is, is like top three. Caleb Houston is like number 10 after reclassifying up. Um, <laughs> that was, <laughs> yo, that's how, that's how good he is. He was number four in 2022. He's number 10 right now and in, in 2021. So, and guys on top of that, and, you know, um, you know, he had a lot of mental, and psychological growth, I think. And I went through the same thing at Oak Hill where, you know, you're getting tested all day, every day. And I think he's going to be battle ready. Um, and that's one thing that Michigan missed a lot last year was that guy between 6'3 and 6'6 who was a bigger guard. Uh, they didn't mm-hmm. have that at all last year. They had the, they, they had the Julius Brooks and Simpson at the uh, guard spot. Then it jumped to six eight with livers. Yeah, yeah. They 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 just never had that consistency. And Zeb Jackson and Shawnee Brown uh, fills that void pretty nicely. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, one guy who I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on that I think is a little bit of a sleeper in this class, and I'm not saying that I think he's going to have a huge impact this year, but he really just strikes me as one of those three, four-year type players that you look back and think, oh, wow, you know, that guy had a lot of points, a lot of rebounds, and that's Terrence Williams. I, yeah, yeah. I, I really like him as – you know, a three, four year type player. And who knows, maybe he can blow up and be one of this long recent line of Michigan players who you don't expect to leave in two years, but ends up doing it. Right. But uh, what do you make of his game? Do you think he can have an impact in year one or is he a little more of a wait and see? I love his game. You know, Um, you know, he played in the WCAC just like me. Uh, We come from the same, um, the same AAU brand as well too. So he is he is he's really good and he could play this year a lot more if Wagner, Brown, Livers, yeah. and John yeah. weren't right there. Um I just think they're so good at that position right now. He'll still play about ten twelve minutes per game, I think. But in this first year, uh, he has some dudes in front of him. Um, just from experience-wise, I I do still think that he'll play 10, 12 minutes. Uh, he may have a, have a few games where he's playing 20 to 25, and you know he'll have a great game. Um, but I think he's somebody um, who ends up probably the best from the class. Um, but his time isn't right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a similar vein. I, I think he's he's going to be a reserve player. Somebody gets in foul trouble. Maybe somebody gets banged up for a couple of games. Uh, God willing, for Michigan fans, it won't be livers <laughs> again uh, if that happens. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think he's going to be sort of a, a reserve option, but I think that's perfect for him. And sit and wait. I, I think he's going to be really good for Michigan down the road. But um, so we've talked a little bit about some of the new faces coming in, who's leaving again, Simpson Teske are, are the big ones as far as departures go. Uh, what are you most excited about for this team? Most optimistic about, and conversely, what are you mo- most worried about for the Wolverines this season? Uh, what I'm worried about is the culture and, because you have Shawnee Brown and Mike Smith, two two guys who were very good for their team, but the team mm-hmm. didn't. Their teams didn't have never done well. So, okay. um, culture-wise, you know, how are they going to be being in a culture where they're coming off of Sweet 16s and they're coming off of, you know, they're coming off of like tournament wins and they're coming off of, you know, NCAA championship and like Final Four. And, you know, you have those guys on the team. Yeah. Um, you know, are 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 they going to be able to soak in that culture? That's the biggest question mark. Uh, what I'm excited about is that um, this team looks complete. Honestly, it looks com- looks complete. They go too deep at every position, um, which is very important. They didn't have that last year, um, and they did have those in previous years with a bigger two-guard like Jordan Poole, bigger two-guard. Um, mm. Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman, people think he was short. He was like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, like, dude was, dude was not that short. Um, yeah. So, you know, this is 
the, we took a step back last year. I think this coming year is um, um, they're going to be deep at every position, but depth isn't always a great thing because that means that some guys are going to be missing out. Um, I'm going to be interested to see um, you know, just how the team camaraderie is with all these new pieces joining into the core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting one. The cultural thing, I, I think that's a nice way to, to put it. I mean, I, I think for me, it, as far as the concerns, I, I have two big ones. I mean, the, the number one, as far as the roster is concerned, Xavier Simpson was almost everything to Michigan last year. And I know Teske did a lot. I know Livers did a lot when he was healthy and he was in there. But Simpson was the leader of this team from from start to finish. I mean, initiated so much offensively, set the tone. I know he wasn't as intense defensively the last year or two. He was doing a lot more offensively. But um, just to have a leader like that, I I think, is so huge for a team. And to lose someone like that, there's going to be a void. Uh, Obviously, if you're a Wolverine fan, you're hoping that, you know, Wagner steps up, Liver steps up. Some of those guys, maybe even Austin Davis, who's been around for a couple of years. But I, I think that's a big question on the roster. Um, I don't know if they have the player who can fill that role immediately. Um, and then the second one, I, I think the culture is probably a good way to put it. But for me, it's just the question of th- this is it's not completely um, Howard's team. I mean, Livers, obviously, Austin, you know, Johns. These are guys that played for Beeline. They were recruited by Beeline. But this is definitely going to have a lot more of a Howard field this year. There's a lot of new additions. Uh, the recruiting class that we've talked about that are, are going to play a lot this year. The transfers who um, most likely are going to play a lot for the Wolverines this season. So it's going to have a very different feel. And how do these pieces come together? Um, you know, Michigan's had a great, great culture. As you mentioned, they've had a ton of success over the last decade or so under Beeline, but Beeline's not there. I know he's hanging around campus teaching a class or something, but he's not coaching the team as far as I'm aware. And uh yeah, so it's that's going to be a challenge. So I, I think those are things that you know you, you got to look at and wonder how it's how it's going to go. Um, things to be excited about. I I agree. I I think this is a really balanced roster. Last year, you know, that's a great way to put it. You know, they didn't have that two guard, that Jordan Poole, somebody like Estauskas, somebody like that. You know, who could score with the ball, um, but wasn't the point guard and. This roster is definitely way more balanced. They got a couple big men. They got some really nice wings. I think you could argue they might have the best wing group in the Big Ten uh, with Livers and Wagner and um, Brown. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they got a backcourt. They got Eli Brooks. They they have a guy at every position. Um, whether one of those guys can elevate to that all Big Ten, you know, top five, top ten status, we'll see. I think Livers and Wagner are obviously the guys that – would look them most likely to do that, but we'll have to see. So, you know, some, some pluses and minuses on, on both sides. Um, and on that front, I, I did want to ask you last year, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but you know, I, I really think Simpson was the team's best player. He was the leader um, both emotionally and just terms in terms of overall contributions. Who do you think is going to be Michigan's top player this season? Or, or do you think it's more of a by committee type of approach? Um, they, they, they have so many pieces, but I do mm-hmm. think, uh, Wagner is going to be, be the guy, uh, cause he poses so many problems on both ends. Uh, he's like 
the only legit um, two-way player. Uh, Shandy is too, but Shandy doesn't have the offensive skill set that Wagner has. I think they're going to be very good defensively, um, especially if you know you're if if your lineup is Eli Brooks, Shandy, Eli Brooks, Shandy, Wagner, Brandon Johns. If those four are on the court, they are going to be a mother effort on the defensive end because <laughs> they're so long. And they're so versatile, and and they can guard the person in front of them. Like they don't get beat off the bounce. They understand how to turn guys. They they understand help defense. Um, they should have they should have the best defensive team in the league this year. Um, but but we'll see if they're if they're schemed correctly. Um, we'll see if they're able to know uh continue on fixing their post defense issues um you know throw several different coverages out out there not just one thing um but they're going to be so versatile this year um but it's it's going to be a committee as a whole but i but i think the best player is is going to be Wagner because because he does every literally everything he is a swiss army knife swiss army knife Oh yeah. Deflections, <laughs> He didn't shoot well, but even when he shot it, you thought it was it was going in. Um, I think that his his injury kind of hampered his efficiency from deep a bit. I think he he is going to fix that and be good to go here. Um, then, from like a leadership stand, standpoint, I will not be surprised if if. Uh, Shondi Brown becomes the voice of the team. Um, wow! Because uh, I don't think that's in li- that's not Liver's thing to be outspoken and you know mm-hmm. on people like that. I don't think that's Wagner's thing either. Uh, Eli Brooks is more the quiet type as well too. Um, I just think Shondi is a no nonsense cat. A no nonsense okay. cat. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I'm leaning towards livers, you know, if I have to pick the top guy, just because I, I think he has so much potential, you know, it's just a scorer and particularly with Michigan's roster and maybe it changes a little bit with Smith and Brown and, and some of these freshmen coming in, but uh, you know, Michigan was not a great three point shooting team last year and livers was the one guy who could really carry them there. So I, I, I lean that way, but Wagner, obviously, he's right there too. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see which of those two-headed monster on the wing can uh, lead Michigan in terms of contributions this season. Yeah, um, the only reason I didn't go with Livers is because he he hasn't shown yet that he can create for himself. Um, I think that was the thing that uh, kind of hampered him from leaving early um, is that and his – and his rebounding needs to get better because he's so freaking athletic, you know what I mean? And, you know, just needs more of a, more of a motor around the backboard to get more rebounds. And, um, and, you know, he has so much potential to do so many things. But if you look at, like, it's like, it's like 80% or something like that of his shots were assisted. 
And, you know, that just shows where, the, where like, he's not creating these opportunities for himself. Um, that's the only, that's the only part that I'm kind of like hedging on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. I, I think either of them, you know, could be in line for, for some great seasons. So it, it should be fun to watch. Michigan fans got to be excited <laughs> about both of them, obviously. Um, and, you know, at this point in the preview, I usually would ask you about the schedule. Uh, obviously we, we don't have one. We don't really know much right. about how it's going to look. We know the season's going to start after November 25th at some point. It it may be 90% of a conference slate. We don't really have any idea. Um, have you heard anything as far as how Michigan's schedule might look this year? Have any thoughts on it? Um, any comments? I haven't heard anything. I do know that they had uh, canceled that one thing with I think Villanova and Baylor was in there. Uh, they're mm-hmm. no longer in that. Um, I have I've like heard that one one of the Big Ten coaches was uh was uh trying to go for a twenty six twenty six game all Big Ten schedule, no non conference. Uh, that will be interesting. <laughs> That'll be really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, like like that's all I've heard uh in terms of that. It's uh, weird times, man. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I don't. I, I know Michigan's going to try to host one of these multi-team events in Ann Arbor. That's as far as I understand. They're going to have the Big Ten ACC Challenge, assuming everything holds up and you know society doesn't go off the rails again before it. Um, right. But but other than that, I I think it's going to be mainly conference play, and I don't think you're going to see as many body bag games as you as you usually do. And to me, the most interesting thing, which I know has been brought up on several of our, our preview podcasts here over the last month or so, but, you know, how does, what is the home court going to look like with, you know, maybe piped in sound, but no fans um, or limited fans in attendance? How is that going to factor in? Because, you know, suddenly going to a place like Indiana or Purdue doesn't look as intimidating as it did, you know, in a normal season. So how does that affect things? I'm interested to see. I, I think it should be fun. I, I would say normally um, I know a couple of the teams, you know, Penn State Rutgers have joked it, it might be an advantage for or Northwestern. It might be an advantage for them. They're used to playing in empty arenas, but we'll have to, huh. we'll have to see how it, how it all shakes out. It, it should be fun. But, um, but with that, you know, we've talked a little bit about the roster, who's coming in, who's coming out. Um, thoughts on who might be breakout players this year. Uh, as far as the starting lineup goes, do you have a prediction? Um, if so, what do you think the lineup looks like for the Wolverines this year? I think I tweeted this out to, tonight, actually. Um, if Shondi Brown is eligible, um, when it matters, I'm not saying when they start the season against a, a cupcake. I'm talking about like when it matters, Yeah, like they're playing a juggernaut, They've already hashed out who's who. I think it's it's going to be Mike Smith at the one, uh, Shawnee Brown at the two, uh, Bogner at the three, Livers at, Livers at the four, and then Dickinson at the five. Um, I think Eli Brooks comes off the bench, but he still plays starter minutes, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but he could be plugged in anywhere. And um, he's so good defensively. He could hold his own one through three 
So um, I still think that he that he plays a bit. So I think he'll be sixth man. Um, Austin Davis will, of course, be in the mix because of how deep the roster is with the uh, bigs. And I think Brennan Johns will be, be right there too. And so will Zach Jackson. Wow. Yeah. The Dickinson one, that is a bold one. Um, I don't know if I, I saw that one coming, but really? you know, he, he's going to play, he's going to play a lot. Yeah. I, I just, I have this feeling Howard's going to lean with Davis for, for at least a while. And maybe that's part of your distinction there. When you say, you know, for a big game, maybe it'll flip up, you know, when Michigan starts playing the the real teams, although again, who knows what the schedule will look like, but yeah, cool. I mean, I, I think Smith is going to start. Um, at point guard and I, I think you hit it you know Brooks is going to play starter minutes whether he starts or Smith starts they're going to both play you know significant minutes so I, I don't think it's going to matter that much in the grand scheme of things Brown Brown probably I mean he seems like the most logical option at the two assuming he's eligible and for those who aren't aware he's a transfer this year normally he would have to sit out but he's applied for a waiver I think given the circumstances, it seems highly probable he will receive said waiver. So you would assume he's going to be eligible. If if he is not eligible, though, who do you think is going to slide in at the two? Eli. Okay, okay. so it'll be Brooks and Smith. Okay. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Um, I know Nunez is there. Um, you heard any hype about him? I, I know he's kind of been absent as far as on-court contributions the last couple of years. Um, he's going to have to deal with, you know, Shondi, Eli, and Zeb mm-hmm. for minutes. Um, if he's – the only issue is that, like, he he didn't bring much else to the team last year. Like, I think he had in total – in total assists and steals, like four – it was like five. It was like five total assists uh-huh. and steals um, combined. Um. Yeah, hold on. Wait, or is it or is it rebounds? It was like it was um it was assists, and it was one other thing um where it was just like like man it's like man it's like he could give a lot more because he is like he is a tall he is a tall dude um nimble can move. Well, let me see here. Totals three rebounds and two assists all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not great. Not great, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I don't care about the shooting percentage because that can go up and down. If he's confident yeah. or not. He is a shooter. People who are saying he's not a shooter, dude is a shooter. Um, but if you if you're not making shots, you have to do something else. Whether it's on the defensive end, you're taking charges, you're helping when you need to, you're rotating correctly, um, you're rebounding, and you can pop off you know three four rebounds a game. Um, you can create to the point where you may make a mistake, but you're still throwing out a couple assists. Teams have to respect you more than just one thing, um, and unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's just he comes in the game and it's a shot. That's all. That's all there is. There's no getting on the boards, boards doing dirty work. You know, he can't come in the game being pretty. He has to come in the game 
you know, getting dirty, getting on the floor, hustling, doing the little things first, uh, and then worry about your jump shot. Mm -hmm. It's a good point. Yeah. And, and he's someone, you know, Michigan has this, this handful of guys, you know, we talked about Terrence Williams, Nunez is, is another one. Jace Howard is a, a freshman coming in, son of Juwan Howard, the head coach. There's a handful of these guys that are, are just sitting there. Um, and if one or two of them breaks out, Michigan could be in for quite a year, but um, yeah, long story short, I, I, I think it's going to be Smith or Brooks. I could see either of them starting at the one. Again, they're going to split the minutes. I think Brown is going to get the two. Livers and Wagner are obviously going to start at the wing, um, or the wing spots, excuse me. And then I think Davis will start at the five. Um, but I, Dickinson is going to get heavy minutes. And I think for Michigan's long-term prospects, you're hoping Dickinson can take that job because Davis is limited defensively. And I, I think the upside is much higher with Dickinson, obviously, if he can earn that role. Um, the last guy, before we move on to season predictions here, um, that I did want to touch on, because I don't think we talked about him much, is Brandon Johns. Um, he's kind of been up and down. He's had some outstanding games. He's had some rough ones. Um, any prediction on him? I think, I think Jawan just needs to let him poop and just let him play. Um, his minutes were very, very inconsistent last year, and I don't know why. I mean, he, you know, he had some big games where you know you're playing Oregon, you're not even in in overtime without him. Um, mm -hmm. He's so versatile. He has so much in his tool bag offensively that he hasn't shown yet, um, but he has to get that. He needs to get that confidence back. I'm big on Johns. Um, it's just that you know he could be he could be plugged in at the four or the five. Um, but it's just that you know Livers is right there, and then you have two dudes at seven feet, pretty much at the big man spot. He's almost like you know, you know he doesn't have like you know it's it's, it's almost like you know, like what's his role going to be like you know, like what does what does Juwan want him to do when he's in the game? And um, and it's it's kind of an anomaly because he because because you could see it in these you know games. He's so athletic. He can do so many things. He's such a versatile uh, you know guy on offense, a versatile defender. He can rim protect and guard perimeter players. Um, but then he has inconsistent minutes. Uh, I, I'm glad you asked me because, like, I'm stumped as well. And uh, I'm kind of stumped on, you know, what his role is going to be moving forward uh, with these new pieces coming in um, and what they kind of expect. And I also will not be surprised if Brandon starts, starts at the five. I will not be su surprised at that. Okay. If they go with John. Um, um... Okay, so season predictions for Michigan. Um, assuming we have a full season, we have a, a postseason, what do you think Michigan en ends up doing? Um, with Shondi Brown, I think they get fifth in the Big Ten with Shondi. Without Shondi, I think they get seventh in the Big Ten. Um, okay. And then from there, from there, you're looking at probably like a sixth oh, six seed. Six seed, seven seed, uh, and then from there it's just survive, win games. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think I think my my view is is, is relatively similar. I I think Michigan's going to be a solid step back from the very very top of the league this year. You know, Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, those teams. I think Michigan will be a step back, but I think they're going to be dangerous. I think they'll be in that top twenty five conversation for most of the year, and I think they'll be more than good enough to make the NCAA tournament, assuming everything kind of unfolds as as close to normal as, as we can hope for. And at that point, as you said, you know, it's going to depend on the seed. It's going to depend on where you land. You know, are you hot? Are you cold? All of those various things that that we all come to expect in March. But overall, I, I think it's going to be a, a really nice and productive season. And I think as far as Juwan Howard's long-term tenure, I think, I don't know. I, I almost feel like the 2022 team is set up to be even more loaded than this year's group. But you know, it's hard to say with guys like Livers and Wagner, this is a, a talented group. And if you can find, you know, maybe it's John's blowing up, maybe it's Dickinson blowing up, one of these other guys, you really need a guy who's sort of uh, a question mark this season, a wild card to blow up for Michigan to really achieve a, a lot of success. But Michigan was pretty good last year, and I, I think they were a lot less balanced, as you said, than this year's squad. So I think if you're a fan, you got to be excited about that. Um, should be another another fun year in Ann Arbor. Um, but uh, Anthony, before I let you go, uh, one, if you want to plug your stuff again, uh, we'd appreciate it. And then secondly, if you got any final thoughts here on Michigan, the Big Ten, college basketball, et cetera. Uh, overall, it should be a fun year, man. Uh, Big Ten should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, you have, like you mentioned, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan State, uh, Michigan, Rutgers as well too. Um, yeah. You know, you do have some. Uh, you're gonna have some good basketball, and it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be fun to watch Rick Pitino's last season as the coach at Minnesota. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to. I had to, man. But uh it's um it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun year and it's gonna be um uh, I think the Big Ten is gonna be one of the top conferences again and um it should be a good year and I you know, hopefully the Big Ten can bring home a national title here for the first time in twenty years. Um had a lot of chances, um but have never been able to uh, capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I right. Oh yeah. I. I yeah, said it's it on right on Twitter. It's it right oh, everywhere. I T S A N T W R I G H T. You can find me on there. Um, just look for the gold shield, and you'll you'll find. Me. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Sorry for cutting you off there. Um, no, no, no. But, you're, you're good. <laughs> I I was just going to say yeah, on my podcast last year, I think I said five or six times, this is the year the Big Ten's going to win the national championship. So I'm just going to be convinced that I was right. They totally would have if, if the tournament happened. But um, <laughs> this year, this year, it seems like, I mean, they're, they could seriously have four teams or more in the top 12, you know, top 10, something like that. The top is very, very loaded this year for the Big Ten. So um yeah that drought could end that drought could end but thanks again for joining us we really appreciate it some fun talk on michigan here as we continue the season preview series for all of our listeners make sure to check out btpowerhouse.com we have a lot of coverage um 
a lot of breaking news this week across the Big Ten, as well as continuing our top 25 player countdown. Season preview stuff will be up shortly. Uh, thank you all. Again, my name is Thomas Bendit. You can check me out on Twitter at tbendit. Um, everybody stay safe out there. Wear your mask. We'll see you next time.